book of Isaiah 33, 2. Lord, be gracious to us. We long for you. Be our strength. Every morning, our salvation in time of distress. Jeremiah 30, it will be a time of trouble for Jacob, but he will be saved out of it. Readings from the Shakrit prayers, the Akeda is read, the binding of Isaac. A near tragedy, but God steadied Abraham's hand, and they both walked away. Last Shabbat, as we sat together in peace and protection in Macon, Georgia, under this roof, Abraham's sons and daughters were slaughtered in Pittsburgh. Squirrel Hill, the area my Jewish father grew up in, the area my dad walked the streets of as a young Jewish boy. They did not walk away. A 97-year-old Holocaust survivor survived the Holocaust to be murdered in cold blood by a psychopathic madman who, quote, just wanted to kill Jews. From a recent tablet article entitled, Their Bloods Cry Out from the Ground. The dead have been accounted for, but their blood has not. Under Jewish law, every remnant of human material contains the life force of the soul and as such is sanctified. At the Tree of Life Synagogue, the bodies of the 11 Jews murdered on Saturday morning have all been removed. First to be examined as part of the criminal investigation and now to be buried. But their blood cannot be forgotten, simply scrubbed away and disposed of. It must be honored, collected, and buried. On Tuesday morning, eight members of the local Pittsburgh Hevra Kadisha, the Jewish Burial Society, prepared to enter the building and begin. To begin this final task of collecting the blood, there were three rabbis, two medics, a painter, and a doctor. They're all local, all from Squirrel Hill, all veteran members of the Hevra Kadisha. The most junior among them, a volunteer for five years. All of these men are professionals with day jobs who've taken off work to be here as a sacred obligation to the community. Many of them have full gray beards, one in his 20s. Their work inside the synagogue is physically laborious, involving scrubbing and bending and kneeling for many hours. They feel honored to serve the dead in this way. Most of the men have been doing this work for 15 to 20 years and are familiar with the process of scraping blood and collecting remains though never at a crime scene like this. Throughout Jewish history, the blood of the Jewish martyr has served as an active witness against the horror of the crime they endured. In accordance with historical law, when someone is murdered for being Jewish, for dying al-Kiddush Hashem, for the honor of God's name, for the sanctification of God's name, there is the tradition to bury the individual in the clothing in which they were murdered. The individual is not washed or dressed in typical shrouds. Their own blood is understood to recommend them far more than any purification ritual ever could. They need no further purification. They've been made holy in their death and their clothing itself 
engenders God's mercy and demands God's justice on earth. Their blood is supposed to outrage those who witness it and stir the Jewish people from any complacency to such an act. My friends, tragedy is the number one cause of shaken faith. Loss in life leads to loss in faith for many. Yet interestingly, anti-Jewish acts, anti-Semitic acts have been happening for so long in such horribly tragic ways that Jews have had to accept them as part of their way of life. Tragedy is timeless. Where there is human life, there is the potential for tragic loss of that life. What I'm talking about today is not a comparison of who suffered the most. Our greatest national tragedy, 9-11, happened. It happened once on one day. It happened to everyone. The country mourned. The world mourned. It was committed against all of us, Americans. But it hasn't happened again. Not that it couldn't. God forbid. But what we saw is tragedy binds us together, but sadly for a time only. African Americans have suffered at the hands of so many for so long. We still see the effects of this hatred today. Any number of movies released over the past 10 years, 10 years a slave, Steven Spielberg, Amistad, a Jewish man writing about the tragedies of the slave trade and the treatment of blacks. Horribly true stories of abuse, civil rights, lynching, shootings in black churches. As a matter of fact, you realize that two days before Pittsburgh, a 51-year-old psychopath went to a church in Louisville, Kentucky, trying to bust into the doors where 70 people, 70 predominantly black people had been meeting for a midweek service just an hour before. When he could not break in, thank you God, after 10 minutes of trying, he drove himself to Kroger and just picked out randomly two elderly black people. A woman shot in the head in Kroger, walked into the parking lot, shot another black person just because... And as he walked by, a white person in his car heard, reached for his gun and reached up. And the man, the killer, the massacre, the, 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 the madman walked by and said, don't shoot me and I won't shoot you. White people don't shoot each other. Of all the hate crimes recorded, black hate crimes are still at the top of the list. 28.6 racially motivated against African Americans. We have not fixed this. African genocide, Bosnia, dictators, mass murdering citizens, Christian persecution around the world, all of it terribly tragic. But as I said, my motivation today is not a comparison of who's got it worse. It is in no way a dismissal of another group's suffering or a minimization of the hor horrendous circumstances that have surrounded certain groups for centuries. It's not even about mass shootings. 
If you look, if you survey the list of the deadliest shootings in the last 50 years, you'll find a black church, a white church, a synagogue, a Buddhist temple, schools, restaurants, businesses, and for the love of our almighty God, a nursing home. It's not political. It's not about the current president or the former president. Gun control, conservatives, liberals. I'm so tired, so tired of hearing it. Juvenile attitudes, juvenile behavior. I'm just so tired. It's not just about Pittsburgh at Eitz Chaim, the tree of life. Or the Jewish Community Center shooting four years ago, or the Jewish Federation shooting many years before that. It's about what I know as a Jew. And what I know about being hated because I am one. This is about a satanic disease that existed since the beginning of time called anti-Semitism, I can tell you, I don't know of anything on earth quite like it. On this Shabbat of Chaye Sarah, we remember four years ago when in Israel, some radical Muslims, two Palestinians carrying weapons and shouting the Arab equivalent of the Lord is great, massacred men in prayer. Remember the pictures of the Talits covered in blood, the Siddurim, the prayer books with blood stains. We remember 80 years ago around this time in Germany, the beginning of the unfathomable, 1938, November 7th or 9th, right around where we are, Kristallnacht, as Hitler begins his reign of terror along, among the Jewish people. There are no adequate words to express reactions to the events that I'm describing. But from the days of Pharaoh, we can see its birth. Through the seed, though the seed had long since been fertilized. In Exodus 1.8, the new king to whom Joseph meant nothing came to power in Egypt. Look, he said to his people, the Israelites have become far too numerous for us. Come, we must deal shrewdly with them or they will become even more numerous. And if war breaks out, we'll join our enemies, fight against us and leave the country. In other words, we can't abuse them. They'll become strong. Then Pharaoh gave this order to all of his people. Every Hebrew boy that is born, you must throw him into the Nile. Killing Hebrew children through exiles, crusades, pogroms, holocaust, suicide bombs, and now again synagogue shootings. And I want you to note a common thread. Most of the time these things are done in the name of God and worse yet in the name of Jesus. Nearly all carried out by so-called religious people, the Jews have suffered, bled, died throughout history in such a tragic way that if loss of life in tragedy 
led to the loss of faith. For everyone, there would be none left. Thousands of years. Many have left God, but many remain. This is a four-volume set from our library. I encourage you sometime to read it. It's one of four. There's, I don't even know how many, thousand, two thousand pages. The History of Anti-Semitism. It will change your life. Why and how could a people be hated so much? To hate us. Hurt us in the ghettos. Cesspools of life torture us. To tear us away from our belief. Forcibly convert us to a God we can't believe in. A created God, a a, a Messiah so misrepresented that He looks nothing like the Messiah of Israel. Murder us. Burn our bodies to ashes. Why? Eleven Jewish souls were murdered in Pittsburgh as we sat in this room last Shabbat. The word on the killer's lips, death to Jews. Telling authorities, I just want to kill Jews. We hear the word anti-Semitism, but the word has become commonplace. Can you believe it? Whoa, more Jews killed. Sad. A suicide bomb in Israel. Huh, what a horrible place. Glad I don't live there. Rockets fired into innocent cities, schools. Huh. Oh, well. 97-year-old Holocaust survivor gunned down in cold blood. So sad. That's the way it's always been. Much of our liturgy reflects this. People look through the Sador and they say, man, this is depressing. We have been crying out to God to save us from the exile. To return us to our homeland where He'll protect us because seemingly no one else will. Far from protection, the world desires not that, but subjection and ultimately death. Oh gosh, you're so dramatic. If you're not Jewish, you can't say that. That's the way it's always been. But why, God? Why? Why people? I ask you, why? I want to revisit anti-Semitism because I know that the tide is turning from 2016 to 2017 and you can say it's Donald Trump, you can say it's guns, you can say it's the alt-right, the alt-left, you can say what you want. The tide is turning 57% increase in the reported acts of anti-Semitic hate crimes in one year. 57%. It's not actually about politicians. It's not actually about guns. It's not actually about anything but one thing. Hate from the pit of hell where it is born.
My friends, I know we cannot stop the tide, but we can do as messianic as a messianic Jewish community. We can affect its flow. Here's a picture that was on the um, internet last week. This is some Halloween costumes. Guy's response after he was just utterly obliterated in the media, obliterated at the Halloween party that he went to, his response was, I went and I saw people dressed as genies and goblins and vampires. And we show up, people who love history, we show up and my child is threatened. What the hell did you expect? We can't stop the tide, but we can affect it. This young boy, five years old, dressed like Adolf Hitler, what do you think he grows up to be? We are a Messianic Jewish community. We must know these things, and we must be aware of the battle we are fighting. And it is truly not just a battle of flesh and blood, if ever that Scripture was more appropriate. This is a battle of purely good and purely evil. Many are weeping now with the Jewish community. Last night I was, I was amazed. Temple Beth Israel, 500 people. I heard the prayers of Judaism. I heard the Kiddush. I heard the Baruch Hu. I heard echoing voices in the dome, this big dome. I was so, I was so filled with pride about who I am. And I was so filled with pride about all of my Gentile brothers and sisters who came and just sat with us and stood with us because there were no chairs and stood outside just to be close. Just to say we're with you. Many are weeping. And it is beautiful, but we have been here before. Tragedy does indeed knit society together. God willing, it would be permanent. But sadly, it is often not. Life goes on. But the tide that flows beneath is gaining strength. Anti-Semitism feeds on ignorance and our world is becoming dumber by the day. Believing things that are unbelievable. Acting in ways unfathomable. Calling things right that are so wrong. Rejecting the ways of life that have sustained our country for years. 
and doing it in the name of creating something new and beautiful. We need to tear down the old system. We need to resist. We need to to destroy before we can create. I have seen and you have seen what this does. When a society historically becomes this incredibly divided, the union cannot stand. None of us will survive. But often, history has shown that there is one group at the center, the cause, the devil's right hand, the scapegoat, those damn Jews. See, the truest anti-Semite is not the ignorant assassin. The true alt-right, I don't even know what these terms mean anymore. I just know that's attached to neo-Nazis. And so these psychopathic, hate-filled morons are actually smarter than you give them credit for because they're very angry with him for what he did. They're very angry for going in and just getting 11. Because the plan is not to do things like that where we take people out in small numbers. The plan is to do it just like their hero did. Just like Adolf, don't kill them with guns initially. Kill them with legislation. Let's find a way to convince the ignorant. And buddy, they can be convinced. You don't have to believe me. You just have to read a history book. The Jews and any other number of people who have been massacred because the ignorant were convinced that it needed to be done. Feed on the ignorant. Convince them that the Jew is the root of the problem. And then get elected. That'll never happen. That'll never happen. Do you remember David Duke? I'm an LSU fan, but I'm not always proud of what Louisiana does. Do you remember David Duke? KKK Grand Wizard elected to the state, uh, state House of Representatives? Here's David's mantra. Duke speaks against what he alleges as Jewish control of the Federal Reserve Bank, always the Jews and their money, the U.S. federal government and the media. Duke supports the preservation of what he considers to be Western culture and traditional Christian family values. What I saw last night was a room full of Christians who have Christian family values. They support the sons and the daughters of Jacob. That is not. But nevertheless, he was elected. Which is how... Hitler did it initially. He was a terrorist, but he created a political party. 
He was a crackpot, Damien. David Duke was, was a crackpot idiot. Feed on the ignorant and count on the apathetic. It's not just the neo-Nazis we have to worry about, my friends. Everything about our culture is changing, even in our religious communities and their attitudes, primarily toward Israel. Why? Because it would be too beyond the pale, too in your face to direct it toward Jews. Instead, it's just toward Israel. Am Yisrael Chai. The people of Israel live. You cannot separate that. No, Israel is no moral compass. But you can't say the things you say about Israel without meaning it for the Jews who live there. And indirectly all Jews changing the Scriptures to say things they don't say. Taking things out. Putting away entire parts of the Bible. And if some have their way, that would be the case reinterpretation of Scripture that erases Jews from the story like I've never seen in my life, though I know it's always been there. And it has a lot of great names. Replacement theology, supersessionism. But underlying it is a different word. Anti-Semitism. But yet, Lamentations comes to my mind, a gem I love to return to, tucked into this most depressing of books. Says in chapter 3, this I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. The Lord's loving kindness indeed never ceases. His compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul, therefore I have hope in Him. Keller received this text from one of our neighbors that we barely know after Eitz I wanted to say I've been thinking a lot about you guys and my other Jewish friends here in Macon. And I'm so sorry if you feel afraid at all. Ever. I'm a Christian accepting of other faiths and actually love learning about other faith traditions. I just don't understand this kind of hatred. It is so unsettling and I just can't imagine what you say to your kids. And she said, I'm just so Sorry. There have been in every age those who have come to the aid of the Jewish people, many of whom have given their lives alongside them. Yad Vashem. There is a court. There is a path. There is a garden of the righteous Gentile. It is a humbling place for a Jew to walk. To imagine those who could have hidden instead standing up and ultimately laying their lives down in a database on the Yad Vashem website that is constantly updated with the righteous Gentiles who their families report and say, look, this is what my dad did and the stories, or my mom or my sister or my brother, and the stories continue to update the Yad Vashem database of the righteous Gentiles. Continually updated with heroes like the Bonhoeffers, the Ten Booms, but who don't have the notoriety, who just had the heart to love God's chosen people. And here in Macon, Georgia, there is Nachamu Ami, 
filled in my mind with Jews and the righteous among the nations. I want to talk about anti-Semitism because it affects us all, not just here in this earth, but in the world to come. Which, over the next couple of weeks, I will demonstrate from Yeshua's very own words. When I was young, I had a favorite movie. It was the 80s. The special effects were horrendous. The movie was called Clash of the Titans. And in one scene in this movie, Zeus is speaking to his son Perseus, who he has a special, special love for, and he gives him these special tools, a shield and a helmet, a sword and a helmet. And he passes, this shield shows up. And I'll never ever, like, this has stuck with me forever. In this heavy reverb voice, this voice from heaven, the voice of Zeus says to his son, Guard well this shield, for one day it will guard your life. That phrase, <clears throat> that scene, has stuck with me forever. I never really knew how those words from a mythological movie would apply here to real life. My family count you as friends our beloved friends, our brothers and sisters, who we know we can count on. And the truth is, one day, we may have to. So I take this responsibility very seriously to guard well, to shepherd this flock, to teach, and the, to lead, to help us be prepared for the days ahead. Because friends, one day, I and my entire family or the entire Jewish community of Macon may rely on you. And I wish the seats were full for everyone to hear. To my Jewish brothers and sisters, we know what these signs mean. We've seen them before. To my dear Gentile brothers and sisters, I guard you well, not only because I love you, but I know that one day you may guard my life and the life of my entire family. And everyone like you that I can educate and influence may be guard. That's a, oh, that's, it's a conspiracy theory, man. This whole thing about anti, it's, it's a fact, my friends. Contrary to Holocaust deniers and their wretched ilk, history confirms it. And more than history, the disturbing part is that the very word of God confirms this. And the words of Messiah Yeshua, very troubled times ahead. And I end here with this introduction to the next couple of, yeah, depressing weeks. I don't come to synagogue to get depressed. I come here to learn. I don't come here to like hear about history. I come here to be growing spiritually. 
I'm going to grow you up spiritually. I'm going to mature you spiritually for the tough times ahead. I only read part of Jeremiah 30. These are the whole words. These are the words the Lord spoke concerning Israel and Judah. This is what the Lord says. Cries of fear are heard. Terror, not peace. Ask and see, can a man bear children? Then why do I see every strong man with his hands on his stomach like a woman in labor? Every face turned deathly pale. How awful that day will be. No other day will be like it. It will be a time of trouble for Jacob. But he will be saved out of it. In that day, declares the Lord Almighty, I will break the yoke off their necks and will tear off their bonds. No longer will foreigners enslave them. Instead, they will serve the Lord their God and David their king, whom I shall raise up for them. So do not be afraid, Jacob, my servant. Do not be dismayed, Israel, declares the Lord. I will surely save you out of a distant place. Your descendants from the land of their exile, Jacob, will again have peace and security. And no one will make him afraid. I am with you and will save you, declares the Lord. Though I completely destroy all the nations among which I scatter you, I will not completely destroy you. I will discipline you, but only in due measure. I will not let you go entirely unpunished. That has been played out and remains to be played out. Jacob's troubles... I want to spend that time, not today, speaking with you about the history and the natural and the supernatural, the then and the now and the future, Israel and the nations. There's some interesting talk in that text. Talk of foreigners, land of exile, the nation's destruction for enslaving Israel, and most interestingly, that they will serve the Lord their God of and David their king. Are we going to serve David our king? No, we're going to serve the descendant of David. The King, Yeshua. And God promises He will raise Him up. Jacob's troubles are intimately connected to Messiah and the ultimate redemption. And we're all connected to that. We need to talk about anti-Semitism. You need to see it. You need to understand it if you hope to fight it. With that in mind over these next weeks, I'll do that and we'll grow stronger together. The true shield is not a shield from Zeus. And the true son is not Perseus. Though I still love that movie. Altira. Anochi magen lach. The Lord speaks to Abraham. Altira, do not fear. Anochi magen lach. I am a shield for you. And the Son, we know who the Son is. Yeshua, Son of David, Son of God, our Messiah. So may that protection guard us and watch over us in all the days that we have. And may God knit us ever closer together, Jew and Gentile, one in Messiah. Shabbat Shalom.